an opportunity to manage this fantastic band from Saskatchewan called the Dead South came up and um, it just was fortuitous just the timing the band was looking for management I was looking for a management client Hi everyone, I'm Rob Lullisher with Yeg Me the Podcast. Every week we'll be chatting with some great people in Edmonton. It's our chance to learn a bit more about them and have them share some of their Yeg-centric stories. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and thank you for joining us. Hey everyone, Rob Lullisher here with Yeg Me the Podcast. Super excited about just a, a great guest we have here today. A good, good friend, learning to, uh, or not learning, but becoming more of a friend as, as time goes by. But Chris Winters has joined us today. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks. And it's great. Yeah, we are friends. It's like we I, are I friends. Know, okay. It's like, like you can. You I'll know, pay you five dollars afterwards. You moved that's... into the office next door, and and <laughs> and we moved across town together. I mean, that's, that's well, yeah. Full disclosure: uh, Chris and I are neighbors here, and uh, we have a pretty cool studio in the heart of the Ice District called the Workstat. Yeah, it's great. And uh, we we got a, a cool. Uh, not so cool other neighbors, but uh, well, <laughs> well, they're all right. We we definitely lift up their game on we that do. front. We do, and too. they're away yeah. a lot. So it's they're away a lot. They're like roommates <laughs> that you, you know they they're, they pay, they pay their, their rent, rent, but they're never here. Yeah. They're they're good roommates. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah, Chris, tell us. Uh, you just you're involved in so many cool things, and and we're going to get to that in a second. But let let's go way back. Like, uh, tell us when what what were your earliest days of Edmonton? Do you, do you grow up here? Go to school here? What what did that look like? Okay, well, I I spent a lot of time here. Uh, as a kid, like we moved to Canada when I was really small, three. And okay. um, and where'd you uh, move from? From London, England, from London, to England. Grand Cache, Alberta, in okay. 1971. And uh, and then we ended up in Grand Prairie. My parents are both doctors, and so we spent a lot of time coming down to Drillers games in the 70s and Oilers games in the 80s and stuff like that. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, to it was come. good time. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and my mom worked for the Alberta government, um, okay. so she had lots of worked down here so I used to come in down for the weekends and hang out and yeah my dad worked as an actor when he wasn't being a doctor so he did shows at theater three and all of those 70s uh, he had a TV show on CBC called Country Joy so as a kid I spent a lot of time coming down here and watching theater in okay. the 70s and so so a lot of exposure as a kid to the, to the creative uh, tons uh, yeah industries and and then I came down uh, and moved down in 1988 okay. uh, to go to McEwen uh, in the theater arts program okay and um never planned on staying and it's been 31 years what, now. what did that program look like and, and was that early days of the McEwen program or, well, I mean, or was it I pretty guess, well along at that point I guess technically it was early days when you start looking back on things yeah. I mean I think yeah. it probably was only five or six years old at the point when okay. I started okay. it um, Tim Ryan was the um, had been uh, put in as the the head of the program uh, and he was brilliant and and um, you know, was a real mentor to me and yeah. and uh, and so the program was really uh it was flying by the time i got into it it was really really good yeah. um, very cool yeah so so people probably brag about going to school with you there who do you brag about <laughs> that you went to oh, school man with that, so that, many people uh corb lund was there when i was oh, there awesome oh i was usually wearing a shirt but i'm not today <laughs> but um yeah there were tons of people uh i'm put on the spot now but corb yeah. i remember corb and all of those all the guys in okay. the smalls yeah. like the small started up there um, I mean, the Captain Tractor started there, like because we were all uh, we were all awesome. in the theater arts program. To well, some of us were in theater arts and some okay. of us were in theater. Okay. Uh, some of us were in music. Well, so. let's 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 jump on that segue. So, 
Captain Tractor, what was it, 93 that Captain Tractor yep. started? Yeah, we started, and that was when we first put the name Captain Tractor on okay. a poster, um, okay. and then it was too late to change the name. So how, how, uh, how did that name come about? Well, we, you know, when we started Captain Tractor as a joke. Yeah. Um, no, let's not say a joke, but we started it never to, to be taken seriously. Okay. okay. And we'd been in a lot of serious rock bands. I had this rock band called The Brave and Foolish before that. And we had, and then there was this like group that was kind of a fun group called Leona Browsen's Boyfriend's Band that um, I became a part of with a couple other members from The Brave and Foolish. Okay. And they just did Irish drinking songs, nice. kind of like the Clancy Brothers. Okay. Um, and it wasn't serious at all. So that was your your early days of, right. the, of the Irish. Uh, uh, and we used to like, okay. ha you know, Leona Browsen's Boyfriend's Band used to open yep. for The Brave and Foolish, and we started to notice that people would like leave after you know and then the us going on to headline it was sort of like hmm we should do something so we so we took the rhythm section from the brave and foolish and stuck it in okay with that and that sort of became captain tractor it's that's the real short version of the story but but anyway yeah so so we did technically all meet at McEwen and and nice. um so captain tractor the name came from you know we realized that we were a bunch of landlocked prairie guys singing songs that would maybe be associated with the sea so we we wanted to kind of put a word that was sort of prairie-like and a word okay. that was kind of ocean-like and we didn't ever come up with Captain Tractor but somehow yeah. it became Captain Tractor um, I think Neil Gron from um, Three Dead Trolls in a Baggie um, although I don't think he remembers it named us okay. um, he said you should be Captain Tractor like we, did, I think we were did he get to... credits on the recent album <laughs> no no I've told this story a few times yeah. but, but it's like yeah but he, I think we were going to be the tractor captains and he said oh you should be Captain Tractor like a superhero and then that was nice. kind of like, oh, that's okay. And then we put it on the poster, and then that was it. Right, right. Yeah. And the uh, the C theme continued when uh, your one of your very big hits, the the last Saskatchewan Pirate. And yes, so uh, we we were really good friends with the Arrogant Worms, yeah. um, and John Whittock was at that time in the Arrogant Worms, and he wrote yeah. that song. Yeah. And uh, we did it as a joke when they were in the audience one night, and uh, never thought that we. I don't even think yeah. we ever thought we'd record it or anything or do video or anything for it. <laughs> And it just turned into one of those things where we were looking for songs to put on um, uh, the East of Edson record. And um, and we just thought, well, what about that Arrogant Worm song? Let's record that. So we recorded it. We didn't really play it that much live. Like, it wasn't like a big, it wasn't like the hit from the re record. <laughs> kind of forgotten after, for a while. Or, well, but, after a couple of years, like, people yeah. just really liked the song. And so that it was two years after the record came out that we made a video for it. And then after we made a video for it, sort of when it kind of took off yeah. and went into heavy rotation on that CMT a, and much. Or, Good early days of old Much Music, and, and yes, <laughs> we used to go and talk to everybody at Much Music whenever we were in Toronto, nice. and it was super fun times. So Player videos, come on! Yeah, well, I mean, we we um, you know, we I think of the '90s as being kind of this yeah. sort of golden age of indie music, and so we really yeah. had um, you know, there was there were distribution networks for for your music, but there was also this burgeoning internet, and it was just before. The MP3 was invented, really? okay. so 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 we were able to kind of move uh, our fans. I mean, all our fans were university kids, so we could get them to get our videos played on Much Music and CMT. Like we yeah. just said, email email the crap out of out of them, and they and they would do it. And we got yeah. on. The people were like, "Who? We don't even know who this band is from from Edmonton, but uh, we had." 3,000 emails today for them to play our video, so we're going to play the video. There so, we go. Yeah. You shared a story with me once that I just love, um, you know, kind of pre-internet, and you talk about the hard work of making it as a, as a band, up-and-coming band, and, and just, 
even the rules of it today, but how you would be heading into a market and the band would divvy up the list of your fan base and tell it tell us that's, a bit about that's, that. That's what that was social media for us, right? Yeah. We um, we had a newsletter. We had um, we collected names. I mean, people still collect names, uh, email addresses, and, yep. and email direct marketing is still like the best. But we used to get people to put their phone numbers on on our sheets, and often yep. they did. And so it started the first time we were playing this show um, here in Edmonton, uh, and it was like a free show that was part of like the World Figure Skating Championships, and there were all these big bands playing, and nobody right. was showing up to these gigs, and they were free. Right. And we're like, oh, well, we don't want to play to nobody in our hometown. That's going to suck. So we phoned 3,000 people, uh, and and uh, we had 2,500 people at the show. Nice. And and out of all the you know all these bigger bands, Barney Bentall and all these kind of guys that were used to doing big shows that didn't have anybody, and and we really made a name for ourselves by filling this place. It's just a real hardcore so, grassroots. Uh, totally. Uh, and so after that, we would yeah. like whenever we would go, oh well, we have a thousand people on our mailing list in Toronto that have phone numbers, so we'd each take. 200 names and uh, this was called pre-cell phone so we would like sit in our hotel rooms you know from Thunder Bay or wherever and phone everybody in Toronto and dial yeah. nine to get out yeah right. <laughs> well kudos to that I, I love that that's just a tale of, of just hustle and grinding and and uh, even today so many people just well I posted something and I'm just waiting for it to come to me and and just a great example of going out and getting it the uh, the band recently celebrated the the 25th uh, anniversary. And like you said, you never not been apart, so it's not like you uh, came back yeah. together. For we it. had to remind people uh, <laughs> that we were still together a little yeah. bit. But, uh, <laughs> Hello. It's like the re 25th reunion or whatever. We're like, yeah. well, we're not really calling it a reunion because we haven't ever broken up. But yeah, it was 25 years um, together and apart. Uh, but but it was a reunion of sorts here in Edmonton because we. Um, you know, all of the original members flew in, um, so it was there were nine of us on stage at the end, which was uh, was uh, I was fortunate to go that night, and uh, what a, what a great performance that that was, and uh, you know, back to the the Saskatchewan Pirate, I laugh, I think about how even today, and for all you Ryder fans out there, how that song is played at the beginning of every Saskatchewan Rough Riders game. I find it astounding, you know, and and, and it's funny too, because I mean, ours is a cover, like it, it absolutely is a cover of, a, of an Arrogant Worm song. People are always asking me that, and um, there's always been an arg arguments I've seen online about that, and we're, we've always been really upfront about that, but there've been like several other covers that have come since, and I know that many Saskatchewan artists have tried to knock us off the pedestal with a new with a new version of the song, yeah. but and it goes in there for a couple of days, but it always sneaks back to ours, and we really appreciate that. Now you're you're involved with a pretty cool up and coming Saskatchewan band. We'll come back to that in a okay. second, but uh, you know, from Captain Tractor, you you stayed true to your roots in the music scene, but you got into the business side of it. So tell us tell us what you're doing today and how that journey came along. Well, I mean, I've always been, um, you know, I've always worked in production. Uh, and I, I ran a recording studio with my partner James Murdoch for probably the better part of 10 years. Okay. And um, called the Norwood Studio, and we made lots of records. And so uh, I kind of always, you know, created, I've worked on projects. There was a lot of business involved. Well, I was always involved in kind of the business end of the band yep. um, with management. Uh, and um, so, you know, the recording studio business was starting to wane a little bit for, for James and I. Um, in the way that we had it set up. Uh, and this job opportunity came up to, to go to Alberta Music 
on the Alberta Music Industry yeah. Association, yeah. and and uh, actually Murdoch uh, suggested he go. He's like, yeah, you should do that job. You'd be good at that job. And I was like, no way, I don't want to do that. And um, too businessy. Too businessy. I got to wear suits and stuff. And and then uh, <laughs> I I thought about it more and more, and and I thought, yeah, that would be kind of cool. And and um, I got that job. Uh, that's a long. That's another huge long story. It was like becoming the president of the United States. I'm on a interviews and vetting and <laughs> stuff that went while. through. It took a while. <laughs> well, we know sure anyone can become president of the United States. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, enough said. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, I, I I got the job, and um, you know, up until that point, I'd never been, and I think I'd been in a boardroom like twice in my life. Okay. Once by accident. Once it was a green room for a tractor show, yeah. and then by you know within four months into my job at Alberta Music, I. But was on eight boards, I think, and uh, very and, involved. And I started to get really, yeah. really involved in that. I'm still on the Western Canadian Music Alliance board. I'm still uh, a part of a lot of those kinds of things. Which is what, what a great opportunity to really affect positive change for for the industry, the local industry, given it that opportunity to grow and yes, that yeah. support that's needed. That I I think everybody thinks you know uh, uh, concert sales and album sales, but Tell us a bit about that. What what support is really needed behind the scenes to get bands off the ground? Well, we're really lucky in Canada to have um, networks like uh, you know around the world. We're envied uh, in our music export programs, and a big part of what we were trying to do uh, at Alberta Music and what Alberta Music is still doing as a, an organization is um, you know is is trying to connect artists and industry people um, together and then also trying to promote them across the country and around the world and so we have such a lot of talent here in Alberta here in Edmonton uh, and you know an organization organization like uh, Alberta music is really working to you know fund tours to to um, f- present showcasing opportunities okay. and put them in front of the right people to sort of help their careers um, so there's a lot uh, <laughs> I think there are 17 organizations in Canada that export music around the world. We're really unique. I mean, like wow. every country has kind of one export office, okay. but, but in yeah. Canada we have all the provinces that are okay. doing it, the yeah. Canadian government's doing it, yeah. several other. So, it, so it's compl- it's a complicated landscape, but uh, but. You're, you're learning how to uh, navigate the waters, so to say. That the, well, the captain in you is uh, stepping up. That was kind of my Alberta music days. Now I've sort of okay. stepped back a little bit from that. Okay. But it's like um, it's yeah. good to know. It's good so to know what what you you have a great story of how the new opportunities of bands getting exposure via I'll say non traditional channels. Tell us about your your new role with Six Shooter Records and, and a band that you're managing. Okay, um, so um, first of all, Six Shooter Records is I'm um, now where I'm employed, but it's also you know Six Shooter Records put out Captain Tractor Records at one time. So I feel when I went after I left Alberta Music, I went to work with uh, Shauna DeCarche and Helen Britton and their company Six Shooter, which is a Toronto-based company, but I work out here out of Edmonton. Um, I started out. We we also produce Interstellar Rodeo. Um, great music summer festival, summer festival yeah. and and uh, I came on board with doing that but there was always a uh, you know uh, the plan was always to do other things in the company as well and and uh, an opportunity to manage this fantastic band from Saskatchewan called the Dead South came up and um, it just was fortuitous just the timing the band was looking for management I was looking for a management client uh, I we took them on Helen Britton is the uh, president of Six Shooter 
um, incorporated, which is the um, the management side of Six Shooter okay. Records. Okay. So Helen and I co-managed the band, uh, and uh, the band, you know, we knew they were doing well when we took them on, but we didn't realize how well. And as we've kind of delved into this, and during the the year and a half that we've been managing them, things have really, really blown up. And so it's amazing to sort of, it's my first management client. Yep. So uh, it's amazing to have this real success with this management client, but it's a, it's incredible to have um, this big team behind you when you're right. working on it. Right. So uh, so anyway, yeah, the Dead South, the, you're talking about non-traditional means. Well, first of all, they, I think there's a little bit of traditional means in their success as well, because okay. this band has done 150 200 shows a year for yep. since 2013. Well, they, they've they've been toured Europe. Yep. Yeah, they've yep. been grinding it in Europe for for a long time. I think I, I think it's f their 14th tour, 13th tour okay. of um, Europe that they're on right now. Uh, and ooh, and uh, anyway, they're on this they're on this tour of Europe right now. They've been on lots of tours, but it was like, all, I think it was a combination of um, touring and making good video content okay and uh, they happened to put out this video that was really fun that was the right kind of song right and uh, there was this British um, online publication called um, music crowns okay and um, they a lot of their stuff gets kind of pushed out through reddit and uh, music crowns wrote this little clickbait kind of article that yep. was like Look at what the Dead South are doing to bluegrass music. Do okay. you think this is bluegrass or not? And a million people clicked it one day. And away it went. And away it went. And now it's sort of, it's growing 250,000, 300,000 views a day, this video. Oh, and wow. it continues so to So it's go. like, it's over 100 million uh, Yeah, I think I looked now, at, look, it's 117 million yeah. views. Yeah. Can we talk about, I think that the, the music's being featured in a pretty cool uh, uh, movie yes, trailer coming up. Yes, it's being used on a trailer for this um, show uh, called... Perpetual Grace Limited, which has Ben Kingsley starring in it, and um, the guy from from Westworld. That's really cool. Um, anyway, lots of Very, cool. Sir Ben, yes. Sir Ben. <laughs> Sir, Sir Ben's ben. swearing a lot. Okay, the trailer, there yeah. we go. Swearing a lot, which is really weird uh, and scary. Uh, He's really, really scary. <laughs> just don't think of him. So and uh, I think the songs in in Hell You'll Be in Good Company. Uh, that's so right. It's a good fit. It's on, a really on cool that fit. Front. Yeah. Right on. Well, yeah. Best of luck with that. That's uh, what tiger by the tail, and what a what an awesome tiger to hang on to, and and lots of fun, I imagine. You mentioned Six Shooter uh, produces Interstellar Rodeo here in Edmonton. Uh, tell us a bit more about what's going on with Interstellar. Well, Interstellar Rodeo is uh, July twenty sixth to twenty eighth this year. Um, some great artists playing it: Ala Black, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff. And yeah. the Night Sweats, um, uh, Sheila E. Uh, nice. of Prince fame. Bring, bringing uh, the drums. Bringing the drums. It's going to be just this big funk party. It's going to oh, be super cool. fun. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just like it's it's a just a good eclectic mix of really. Uh, I, I mean, Shauna DeCarche uh, programs it, and yeah. she's brilliant, and yeah. and um, it just it's always really great. I think this is probably the most. Uh, well, Shauna's saying it's kind of the most challenging um, uh, lineup that she's. Put up, put forward to Edmonton. I just, and I just think that, you know, the Interstellar Rodeo audience, they like to be challenged. They like to see okay. things they maybe not haven't seen before. Not quite expecting, and. Yeah. But I mean, I've gone. Shauna goes to see artists like when she puts them on the stage. Um, she's experienced them. Like I don't think very frequently she hasn't 
kind of stood in the front row. Like yeah. I've gone to South by Southwest with Shauna and she literally goes and watches 200 bands in four days. And she doesn't like just stand at the back and you know she, talk to people right. and kind of watch them. Like yeah. she goes right to the front and it's like, got to experience yeah, it. Don't, and don't um, bother me, I'm listening right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Really, it's really cool and it's really impressive. And, and you know, because of that, you know, in the past, like a couple years ago, she had she put this artist on, Fantastic Negrito, who is nobody had heard of, and he yeah. did Edmonton and Winnipeg's Interstellar. Okay. And, um, yeah. you know, this past year, he won a Grammy Award. So it's like, uh, you know, a few years before that, um, nobody had heard of Alabama Shakes, and she put them on the stage. And yeah. during the time that she saw them at South By, and their show in July, that their song had blown up. And so it's one of those things where a lot of the time, like, you know, She's really on the ball with you know just about to break on, on that yeah. front. Uh, Interstellar's been going what seven years now? This uh, is year eight. Year eight. Year eight. Okay. Yeah. Quickly, I'm going to put you on the spot. Favorite Interstellar memory that you have? Whew. Well, I'm I mean, sure I, I, I emceed Interstellar Rodeo for many years, and so I, there were all these like getting to introduce people. I think the most poignant moment for me though uh, was outroing Buffy St. Marie, um, who just put on this uh, just in, insane performance. And it was one of those moments where she went off the stage and the crowd would not stop cheering. And yeah. you're kind of standing on the stage waiting, should I go yeah. out, when should yeah. I go out? You wait for it to sort of die a little bit and it was not gonna die. I literally yeah. waited for five minutes. I'm not going out I'm there. Going they're gonna boo me. I'm not gonna call I'm not gonna call us. And it was just one of those moments where yeah. I was all kind of choked up by that's it. Because it was cool. so it was so moving yeah. and I, that's the one that I just whenever I think back on those times, it's like wow. Um, just yeah. just a great way to it's frame up what that festival's all about. And yeah. Well, let, let's use that a bit on to, uh, you know, Yeg in general. This sure. is The show's called Yeg Me and, and try to ask our, our friends who join us on the show. This is an opportunity to share a little bit about, you know, things that you love about Edmonton. So uh, your favorite restaurant in Edmonton? Well, I got to say, I, I mean, I live in inner city Edmonton. Okay. I live in uh, Norwood or uh, Alberta Avenue neighborhood. And uh, a couple of years ago... Um, Edwin Donzelman opened this fantastic place called Otto, O-T-T-O, Otto. Okay. Uh, it is on 95th Street and 114th Ave, between okay. 114th and 115th Ave. And it is, uh, it's literally a block from my house, which I really appreciate. But, yeah. but Otto is, I mean, I think they just were Edmonton's best family restaurant. I think oh, okay. but just okay. in Avenue Magazine yeah. in the last month or something, yeah. right on. Uh, which I was so happy to see because yes, it is a great family place, but in the same way, kind of like Interstellar, it's like, it's, it's a place where you can go and get a nice glass of wine yeah. and they've got this assortment of, of Alberta beers, something uh, to only discover. Alberta beers, yeah. okay. things to discover. Okay. They have this, they, they, they make their own, the whole, the sort of concept of the restaurant is, okay. is um, sausages. Yeah. So they make all these they make all of these on made on site um they, they're 
a sausagier. Is that is that a thing? <laughs> it's like they make anyway. If you're a, a sausage maker, if I ordered seven of them, how many say say that together? Sausagier. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> uh, whatever. Sausagier. But um, you know that you can get just these amazing flavors uh, in the same way that there are flavors in wine and beer. You know they make all these different cool. Very cool. So that's stuff. Otto and Otto. And, and just uh, sounds like a wonderful. place oh, it's a to great place to go. It's always packed, and, and it's right in the hood. Yep. And you know it's, awesome. it's so it's yep. totally like all local people or yeah. like I walk in there and I'll like all my neighbors are there and it's like a real right. family pub kind of vibe. Yep. You know, oh, that's cool. It's great. It's always lively. So, so on the, uh, a local shop, is there, is there a local shop out there that you wish just, geez, I wish more people knew about that in Edmonton. A local shop. Oh, I was thinking about business, but well, um, business too. I, I think, you know, filed under local ownership. Local ownership. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking more along the lines of like organization uh, I always like to send a plug out to, to all my people at, uh, at uh, Arts on the Ave. Okay. And uh, so I suppose in some ways that's the Carrot Coffee House and all of that. Okay. And all of the stuff that's kind of growing out of the 118th Ave All that combined. Area. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, uh, you know, Christy Morin and all of the work that, that their, yeah. their group's doing. Uh, that's kind of okay. what I was talking about. I wanted to, you know, shout Very out good. to them. And, and um you know, there's lots of stuff going on along 118th Avenue. And I mean, I live there and I know people are, you know, a lot of people are afraid of it's the a, neighborhood, but yeah, it's, it's like transition to um, but new spots. And, it's it's yeah. worth it, you know, come yeah. up to Otto and then, you know, walk around the corner and check out some of the other stuff. Like there's lots yeah. going on yeah. and uh, and Arts on the Ave is really yeah. sort of a big part of, yeah. of making all that happen. So speaking of arts, I, I think under the happy wife, happy life, uh, I think we should do a shout out for, for your wife, who's definitely in the art scene. Tell, tell us about oh, what yeah, she does. Okay. Well, my wife, Maria Pace Winters, is, is a rock star of, of the online painting world. Okay. Um, she's a visual artist. I mean, she, she did a BFA at the University of Victoria, and um, she's been an artist. I mean, I, we've been friends since high school. She was kind of the the star artist of Spectrum, which is kind of the equivalent of Vic Victoria School of the Arts in okay. Victoria, BC. Okay. So, so ever since then, she's always been you know great. But when she's yeah. four, turned 40, she does these stints at like being a graphic artist and doing all these things. But when she turned 40, uh, she decided- She's only just, 29 though, right? She's only 29, it's amazing. It's when she turns years. 40. <laughs> but she, she decided that she was going to start painting, uh, okay. just painting okay. and, not, and not doing anything else and trying to paint for a living. And um, she has managed to really build a uh, online persona. And she has like her social media stats are enviable. Um, very cool. She's very good at. What's uh, her website? How would how would well, people find? Well, it's MariaPaceWinters.com. Okay, we'll make sure to put that in the show yeah. notes. Yeah, and she she's uh, doing great. And what she's yeah. working on now is she's selling. Uh, selling's the wrong word. She's she's making available to people. Um, uh, online painting courses. She's been getting lots of people asking cool. about how do you paint that right, and how do you right. do this? And so she's starting to make that just into a thing. Showing more of the journey, the behind the scenes of how it all comes together and get those weekend warrior artist types. And exactly. I'd be in that category. <laughs> Can you think of, uh, Chris, I, I like this story. If you, you've obviously had a, a, a very Yeg-centric uh, history. What, what do you think is the most Edmonton story that you were either right there or, or you were a part of yourself? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Edmonton story. Oh, now I am on the you're, spot. You're struggling on that one? Just wait, just wait. Uh, 
Well, I mean, I have to, I have to say that um, probably for me, it was the Edmonton Stanley Cup win in 1990. Okay. Like I the just fifth one. The fifth one. Yeah. The kind of the stolen one a little maybe yeah. was Winnipeg's year, I think. <laughs> but I remember I was I wasn't in town for the other ones and I okay. moved here and yep. I was serviced just That's after. The, don't count your eggs when you're up three games to none. Winnipeg's here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. That's yeah. but and then Edmonton sort of went on to coast to the end. But I yeah. just I do remember being out on the streets in Edmonton uh, that night, and uh, of course the you know the Oilers weren't in town because they were in Boston because yep. um, they went one away from home. But it was like. It was one of those nights where the everybody was out on the street and the fire hoses were out. <laughs> it was, uh, and it made me like think, you know. And actually, maybe my my better hockey story is is from the two thousand six run, because yeah. I was playing. Uh, I, I had a weekly gig at O'Burns on okay. White Ave, where I would trade songs with um, with other artists, and we would like kind of like okay. the folk fest kind yeah. of uh, workshop vibe. But um, this one particular night, I was playing with this artist from Halifax, who was this really great um, singer-songwriter. Really had no idea what was going on. It's not, you know, Halifax is a great hockey town, but not an NHL town. And I don't think he, he'd been on the road. He was traveling across Canada. Okay. He got to Edmonton. And this yep. was the night that Edmonton took San Jose out of the, okay. out of the run. Yep. And it was the night of the big... Well, literally, burning, every wind that year bus, was unexpected. Burning bus stops on White Avenue okay. and stuff, if you recall. People <laughs> when the, climbing when the white the wave waters. was taking over White Ave, yeah. But we, but we, play, we were playing this gig, and he was this kind of introspective songwriter, and, and um, we, we went out for the third set, and it was right after the win, and the place filled up with people with blue faces, and he was just like, what is this? And I was just trying to, it was kind of like a yeg moment. I'm like, yeah, this is... <laughs> This is uh, so that was a that that definitely was a wonderful spur of the moment. If if you had a an out of towner come in uh, to Edmonton today, what what would you do? Where would you take them? Well, I always I mean that happens yeah. to me a lot. And the one thing that I mean the most magnificent thing about Edmonton, I think, is its physical beauty. And I think that a lot of people that don't know Edmonton don't realize that. And um, I always take people sort of straight. I would like grab a coffee. On 118th and Jasper Ave, and then walk down to the promenade and walk along that, and just have a look at the vista of yeah. the River Valley from that spot. And um, it just—it's it, breathtaking. And I, you sort of take it for granted, but people that come there just like—they go, "I had no idea that this is what Edmonton looked like." Yeah, and it, you're hearing so much more on the River Valley development. I know, like like Epcor uh, is really going. They're going all out on Riverfest, and and I think just getting people down to the river, and because there there's not much infrastructure no. down there to. Well, I mean, but, in but Interstellar, a, we're down in Horlock Park, to, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're in the River and, Valley. And, yeah. Uh, I I know what you mean. Yeah, in Epcor, I mean yeah. that development. What's going to happen with that big building? Yeah, and, well, it's exciting, and I couldn't agree more. Like, what a what a gem to to take people to. Uh, looking ahead for the city, I, I know yeah, I'd love to bring up one thing that you're involved with the Junos coming to Edmonton. Is is there anything you can share on those exciting plans? Well, I mean, it's really early days. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, you know, we really need to. Uh, it's about funding at this point. Like, so we're, what I'm part of uh, the bid committee. Okay. Um, and probably will transition to being on the host committee. I was on the host committee for the Juno Awards in 2016 in Calgary. Okay. Um, when I was working at Alberta yeah. Music, because I 
yeah, an office in Calgary. But yeah. but um, so it's been always been a plan to bring the Junos to Edmonton. It was supposed to happen in 2018, uh, but uh, couldn't come together because uh, hockey, all the development, development in, in the, the ice, in district. ice district, wasn't yeah. quite ready to, for for it. So we kind of tried to defer it to 2019, 2020. Like it's just, and then the city was kind of like, oh, well, we're not ready. You know, the the it's a construction zone. So now we're talking about 2022, and we okay. think that the city will be uh, in a, at a state of readiness. Um, It'll creep up so, pretty quick. And, oh, it's yeah. it's crazy how fast. I mean, I can't. 2016 was you know yeah. three years ago. Yeah. I can't believe that 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 Juno you know, because I was working on that for years too. So it's like. All of a sudden, it's five years. So you're just always working on the Junos. Yes, I feel like that, actually. (laughs) Just the file that I can't put away. It's funny because we had a meeting last week with Karis, the the organization that puts on the Junos uh, last week. And we have been talking about this for four years or five years or something. So it's like it's getting to be the point. Like, we have to make this happen. So Junos aside, looking ahead for Edmonton, what do you have some hopes? And like, where do you hope things go for the city? What I see as being the most exciting thing about Edmonton is that there's so many more people moving into the city. Um, there's so much more uh, more people moving into the center of the city, building up. Um, you know, you see any, any great city builds up from the middle. And as soon as you have lots of people in a central location, that's when things really start to happen on the ground level. And I think that Edmonton is getting smart with, you know, zoning buildings that are commercial, right. residential. Yeah. Um, that's just the way that we need to go. And, and, you know, Edmonton for years was sort of expand, expand, expand. But I think that now it's really sort of concentration, concentration in the middle. And, um, and also at the same time, like watching, you know, it was really hard as a, as a kid, you know, watching, you know, the LRT was first built and spent so much money putting it underground. And then sending it out to the northeast, and there was nothing yeah. built in the northeast, and the planners get embarrassed when the plans go wrong. But it's like, but now that it does make sense that it's out that way, right, right. and now it does make sense that we put it underground. Because look at Calgary; they're having to figure out how to put their LRT underground yeah. now. Yeah. We've got that, and so I think it's going to be really exciting to see where that takes us. I, I, I can see Bonnie Dune becoming this real hub of um, concentration of, of people of, too off of the LRT there off, yeah. with yeah. that development, and so yeah. I, I just I. I look at Edmonton in 20 years is going to be a very different um, high-tech city um, yeah. with a lot of infrastructure. Yeah. And I, I, it's costing us a lot of money, but I think about my kids um, and their kids are going to reap the benefits of that. We'll have invented the dome by then, so winter will not be a problem no, anymore. No, that's true. I think we're in a little bit of a, of a climate change um, safe zone, you know, like, okay. which is it's yeah. kind of nice. Like we, maybe we're, you know, like, like it's, it's, we're okay. We, we take our lumps for a month or so. <laughs> Maybe it'll get really cold. We talked about a lot of great things, and thank you for that. Can, uh, how would people find out more about you from, from social media to websites? I'm pretty easy to find. I mean, I have a website that says chriswinters.com. Okay. It's pretty out of date, but yep. all the links are there. Um, Is it you an can old all... MySpace page? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, my MySpace. Yeah. There you go. No, no, I mean, I, I, you know, you can find me, Chris Winters, on Facebook. I mean, um, okay. I'm on the Interstellar Rodeo site. Awesome, uh, <laughs> and like you said, you got you're just involved with so many cool things going on right now, and and you know wish you best of luck with that. And thanks for joining us on on Yeg Me the podcast. And I was wondering, you think we could sing the line from the Irish lullaby on on our way out? Can can we uh, do that the together? The drink and fight. 
We're gonna drink and fight and drink and fight and drink and fight again. I know, it's more. (laughs) Again. Right on. Thanks, buddy. That was awesome. Good to talk to you. Thanks again for joining us, folks. I'm Rob Lullisher, and this has been the Yeg Me Podcast. Be sure to visit our website, www.yeg.me, for more information on the show and some of our past podcasts. Also, some fun Yeg swag you can check out. All kinds of good stuff on the yeg.me website. And we look forward to seeing you in future episodes.